We're going to shout it out loud. Hey, can you make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Can you shout it out loud this morning? Amen. Wow. Wow, that was good. I'm inspired, man. I, I wanted to dance, but I thought that's dangerous. Don't dance, Mark. Do not dance. You'll scare people. Uh, you may be seated. Gosh, what a, you know, I love it when we do those de declarative songs, you know, where we're declaring the power of Christ in our lives. And, you know, I was thinking as we were, as we were worshiping this morning, you see people and they're just crazy about God. They're going crazy and dancing and people are like, uh, they're a little out of control here this morning. But you know what? Those that God has done amazing things in their lives, they have a reason to shout and declare the goodness of God and get a little crazy. Hey, listen, if we can get crazy when the Texans score a touchdown, you know, we can go a little crazy for what Jesus has done for us. So never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ and never be ashamed to worship him. Okay? All right. Wow. I, I, I may have a whole new sermon this morning. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone had a, a wonderful Christmas. And um, if you were here on Thursday, Christmas Eve, was it Thursday? Man, everything is blending together. Uh, Cliff and Karen came up and, and they gave us a, a gift from the Life Fellowship family. And I just wanted to say thank you. I know some of you weren't here on uh, Christmas Eve and, and you contributed to that gift, but I, I just wanted to say thank you so much. You don't, you don't know how much that means to us. Uh, and I'm going to have a ta moment here. Uh, ta, if you're new to Life Fellowship, what that means is transparent, authentic, honest, and it's just kind of where I share something personal for my own life. Uh, but... Christine and I, a couple of months ago, had been talking about we really needed to get away for a few days. We just, we've been on the edge, and we really needed to take a break, and we looked at the schedule, and we said, well, we really can't do anything till probably the 28th of uh, December through the, the, the early part of the day on the, on the 31st, because we're going to have a, a service here, um, New Year's Eve, where we bring in the New Year with prayer, and and, and praise and some fellowship time. And by the way, if, if you don't have to get here at 9. If you want to come at 11 or whenever you can come, we're going to just bring in the New Year with prayer around 1130. We'll start praying. But if you want to come around 9 and fellowship. But we were talking about where, where's a window of opportunity for us to get out of town for a few days. And uh, we knew that it would probably be tomorrow for the next couple of days. And so we had already planned that. And I talked to Christine and I said, well, you know, what does this look like for us financially? She said, we can't afford it. I said, well, if I need to take some money out of my 401k plan or if I need to, do we have any money in savings that we can use? And she said, yeah, we, we have some money in savings. And if you know me, you know I hate to take money out of savings. I hate to do that. We try to save as much as we can personally and for the church. I said, well, then let's just do it because it's, it's imperative that we get away. Um, and so uh, part of the reason for that is we needed to get some downtime. Another thing is there's a couple of projects that we really need to get done for the church that we can't do when we're plugged in here. So we need to unplug and go away and work on those. And then there's some personal things, a couple of projects we, need, we really need to get done. And uh, then there's also... Um, just a time of, of seeking the Lord. We try to, at the end of every year, at the beginning of the year, we try to sit down and write goals out for us personally and also for Life Fellowship. And I encourage you to do that. If you've never done that, uh, please do that. Please consider doing that for 2016. Set up some goals, some uh, spiritual goals, some financial goals, some things that you want to accomplish. Um, it's kind of like the saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And what I've found is generally when we set goals, we, we normally meet those goals. We've set some pretty lofty goals sometimes for what we want to save or, you know, whatever. But uh, the other thing that, that I like to try to do at the end of the year or for the beginning of the, the new year is to seek the Lord about what he wants me to teach on, what are the topics and some of the things that he wants us to teach on for the coming year. And then you guys know that we have a lot of things on our platter. We're praying about uh, purchasing some land or a building or something like that. And so there's a lot of things that we really need to hear from the Lord about. And uh, you guys didn't know that. But with the gift that you gave, oh, the other thing that I wanted to do, I told Christine um, a week or so ago, I said, I want to give a, a special year-end offering to the church. Uh, we try to do that and, and just to 
you know, just be a blessing to the church. And, and, uh, and so I wanted to give that offering. And so you guys didn't know any of that, but what you gave is going to, first of all, we're going to tithe, right? Because the first 10% of our increase belongs to the local church, so we're going to tithe on that. Then we have enough money to give the gift that I wanted to give. And then the rest left over, we have almost enough to pay for the entire trip. And so, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so very much. And it's just, it reiterates to me when we just simply follow the Lord, when we give to him what belongs to him, when we honor him, when we tithe, when we seek him and, uh, and, and we just obey, he provides for us. I mean, the very same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Amen. Jesus came to give us abundant life. And so I just want to, all that to say, thank you so much for your generosity. You're such a gracious, giving church. You guys serving. When, when you look at the volunteer schedule, so many of you are serving, giving of your time, your talents, and your treasure. And I just wanted to, wanted to say thank you. And so if you weren't here on Christmas Eve and you're here this morning, I wanted to just take a few minutes and say thanks. Christine, did you have anything you want to say? Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. All right, and there's one other thing I, I want to address this morning before I get into the sermon. Um, probably most of you know that the open carry law is going into effect on January 1st. And if you don't know what that is, that's where people have the, the legal right, if, they, if they're certified, to carry guns openly. So what that means is when you go to your favorite grocery store or restaurant, you may see people packing. Uh, with a holster and a gun exposed, and that's what that open carry law means. So you should know about that, but if you don't, uh, I don't want you to be freaked out when you, when you go into HEB and you see people walking around with guns and stuff. That's a law, okay? So people now have the right to do that if they're certified. And uh, I wanted to let you know that our position here at Life Fellowship is we are going to pro prohibit open carry on the premises. Uh, so, I mean, if you have some questions or thoughts about that, we can talk about that later. Um, but we've, we've made the decision that we're not going to have open carry on the premises. And uh, just, just so uh, to try to diffuse some of the confusion, because there is some confusion, there's a 30.06 law, or, or um, I guess when you see the placards or, or the, the signage, 30.06 uh, prohibits um, concealed weapon carry and 30.07 prohibits open carry and so uh you know if if you go into a restaurant and you see somebody with a gun and you're not comfortable then you always have the option to leave but if, unless there's a sign posted they have every right to carry now if someone comes onto your property say you're having a party and and somebody open carries you have every right to verbally ask them to take their their uh their gun to the car or, or get it off the premises. But I, I just wanted you to know some of these things so that you won't be freaked out. And also so that you'll know what our position here at Life Fellowship is. Have you ever gone to a party or something and, and maybe you were overdressed or maybe you were underdressed and you felt a little uncomfortable? Um, that's probably happened to all of us. If someone came in if someone came in with a suit and tie, they, they'd feel a little overdressed, maybe a little uncomfortable. Uh, and, but there are churches that if you go to and you don't have a suit and tie on, you're kind of out of place. You know what I'm talking about? And so part of the, uh, part of the reason I wanted to share this with you is that uh, when we have first-time guests come, sometimes they don't know that we, we only ask people to bring water into the sanctuary. And so if someone has a cup of coffee, some of you have, have uh, done this, and I've done this too, where I've just simply said, hey, excuse me, but we try to keep all the coffee in the cafe areas and, and allow only water uh, in the sanctuary. And, and most of the time, I would say 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they're grateful because they want to know what the expectations are. And they're, oh, I, I didn't know, and I'm so sorry. And, no, 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 it's okay, you didn't know, but, but thank you. And so uh, if, if you see someone coming onto the, the property or the premises with an open carry, you might just want to address them and say, uh, excuse me, but, but the policy at Life Fellowship is we don't allow open carry. If you would mind putting your gun somewhere else don't shoot me okay uh but uh but i want you guys to know that uh i have ordered some signage and i'm not sure if it's going to arrive here by next sunday but uh but i just wanted to just share that with you guys uh, i mean we're family right so sometimes we have these little conversations where we talk about family business and what's going on here so i wanted to just share that with you first of all thank you so much for your gift 
and uh, also just to let you know about the open carry law. So at this, this point, I'll release the warrior youth. You guys are welcome to watch your mic. Oh, okay, here you go. All right. Okay. Well, I'm starting a new series this morning, and it's called Fast, Pray, and Praise. And this morning, I want to talk about fasting. And starting uh, January 1st, we're going to um, begin a, a, a church-wide fast. I'd like for you to participate in that, and that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. And I'll, I'll talk more about the details that, as we go through this, uh, this sermon this morning. But I'm asking you to fast and pray for 21 days. Not necessarily fast for 21 days, okay? But during that 21-day period, or, or really through the month of January, I'm asking us to really seek the Lord and just uh, ask him what he would have us do. And uh, so I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about fasting and, and the example that Christ had for us. We're going to be going to Matthew chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. So let's jump right in. I've got a lot of material to cover, so if you'll stay with me. In uh, Matthew chapter 3, this is where John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus. And if let's go to verse 16 in Matthew 3. It says, after his baptism, Jesus, he's talking about here, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And you guys have probably seen those pictures where it, there's a dove. It says like a dove. It wasn't necessarily a dove. Uh, but anyway, it was the Holy Spirit that was settling on him. Verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And then if, if you continue on in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Okay, so Jesus was about to enter in to spiritual warfare. Jesus was about to begin his public ministry and Jesus, we know that Jesus was fully man and fully God, and he overcame the temptation of Satan, uh, not by using his supernatural powers, but going through everything that we go through as a human being by primarily using the word, by seeking the Father. And uh, uh, he used the word of God and his obedience to his own word to defuse the, the attack of the enemy. In fact, uh, if you'll hold your finger there, and we'll go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. The writer of he Hebrews is talking about Jesus. He said, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Okay, so we're teaching, we're learning the word of God, we're implementing the word of God so that we can hold firmly to the truth of God's word. Because the world will, will twist, try to twist us off, but we hold firmly. Let me read this again. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So that's why we can go to the throne of grace. That's why we can call out to Jesus and we can say, Jesus, I need some help in this. Because you were victorious. You were successful in walking through this thing. And I, I need some help right now. And so that's why it's important that we call on the Lord on a daily basis, especially when we need some help. We have this great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And then let's look at verse 16. I love this verse. I love this verse. So let us come, what? Boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, when you need something, you need to run to daddy. You, when you need some help, you know, I, I remember when my dad was alive and when I was growing up, if I needed something, he could help me. I didn't just, uh, uh, excuse me, father, may I, may I answer? I, dad, I need some help. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace and say, God, I need some help right now. 
So that's a great promise for us. We can come boldly to God's throne of grace to receive mercy and grace when we need it. And there's a whole lot more than mercy and grace there. The peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God, I need some peace right now. I'm really hurting. I'm hurting, God. And will you pour out your peace on me? Let's go back to verse 15 in Hebrews 4. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus created everything. He created us. He knows us. He created everything, including Satan. And through access to his power as God, he could have blown Satan away. Why didn't he? He handled this trial of testing with Satan in the same manner in which we must. Through prayer and through the word of God, he, he fasted and prayed. Let's go, let's go back to Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Verse 2. For 40 days and nights he fasted and became very hungry. He fasted and prayed. Fasted for 40 days. Our pastor in Corpus has, has fasted for 40 days. I think three times. And I was talking to him last week. I told him that we were going to start a fast. And I said, what? I think the most I've ever fasted has been like 12 days. I'm like, what's it like, you know, when you fast 40 days? I mean, I know what it's like when, when you fast three days and five days and seven days and 12 days or whatever that looks like. The intensity of that presence of the Lord and that, co that connection with him just keeps getting stronger. And, and he said, it's the same thing when you fast 40 days. He said, it's, it, it's just incredible. And uh, I, I said, well, I, I don't know if I could ever do that, Pastor. And he said, you do it one day at a time. Because I know when he's fasted before, I, I've talked to him and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to try to fast for 40 days. I'm like, really? And he said, yeah, but I'm not telling anybody in case I don't make it. <laughs> I, I've never fasted 40 days. I'm not throwing rocks at him. I mean, that, that's, that's awesome. So for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus fasted, and he became very hungry, of course. And he's about to go through a serious time of testing. And it seems like if we were going to go through a serious time of testing, we would want to eat and be full and, and ready to go, right? But Jesus was building himself up spiritually. Because a lot of times what can happen when we're tired, when we're stressed, when, when we're weak, when we're hungry, we're grumpy, but you know what? Jesus, he said, I need to build myself up spiritually. And so he fasted and prayed. He, he didn't uh, build himself up physically, but spiritually. Matthew 4, 2 says, uh, let me, let's read this again. For 40 days and nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Verse 3, during that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus could have done it. Satan is a liar. He knew who he was. If, if you are the son of God, come on, Satan. Boom, I'm going to blow you away. That's probably what I would have done. He, he knew he, who he was. But Satan will come to us to try to trick us and deceive us. What did he tell uh, Eve in the garden? Did God say you couldn't eat of any of the trees? No, we can eat of all the trees in the garden except this one. So Satan is going to try to trick us. And he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus could have done it. But what does he do? In Matthew 4, 4, 4, he says, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did he do? He disarmed Satan by using the word of God. He, he you know, it's amazing that Satan would try to trick the word of God with the word of God. We read in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. Jesus is the word. And it would be like you trying to trick Webster about a word in the dictionary. You know, come on. He knows the dictionary. Jesus knew the word. He is the word. And what we find is that Jesus went through these trials and temptations as a human. Uh, he demonstrated that it could be done as a human. Why? Because I think it's a great example for us that we can walk through the trials and tribulations by the word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit empowering us. Hebrews 4.15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced 
all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. I was, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about some things. I was thinking about when, when Jesus was being tested, when he was being tried, when he was being falsely accused, and, and uh, all of these things. It seemed like he never defended himself. He would just, he was so secure in who he was that he didn't have to defend himself. Are you ever insecure where you feel like you have to defend yourself? Husbands and wives, look at me now. Don't look at one another. But we all have our insecurities. We all have issues. We all have challenges. But it seems like Jesus was walking through, and I, I haven't done an extensive study on this, so I can't say this completely 100% definitively. But when he was going through things, he was going through things as a man. You look at when he went to the cross. He could have gotten off that cross, but he went through that. But yet, he the miracles that he did many times were for people. So it's like he walked through life as a man, but for the people, for us, that's where we see the miracles. Jesus healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead to life. And last Sunday I taught from uh, John chapter 14 where I talked about Jesus and the Father are one. And a little further beyond where I stopped, Jesus makes some amazing comments about us, some, some promises to us. Let's go to John chapter 14, verses 12 through 17. And this is Jesus talking here. He says, I tell you the truth. Is Jesus the truth? He said, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. What? The same works? Even greater works? Okay, so Jesus healed people. He healed people physically. We know that. He healed people spiritually. Jesus gave sight to the blind physically. We know that people were able to see. He healed people spiritually that were blind. He raised the dead. Physically, he raised the dead back to life. And also, we know that spiritually, uh, we're all dead in our sins, but we've been raised to life. And, and we see time and time again through Scripture where people came to the understanding of who he was and came to God, came to Christ. And so he raised the dead back to life physically and spiritually. So I have never prayed for someone that's been dead and been raised to life. I have prayed for people, and they have been healed supernaturally, not because of anything that I do, but because of the power of God. But I pray for people and seeing people healed, but not everyone I pray for gets healed. So I'm kind of thinking, well, is this kind of like a sprinkler? You know, the sprinklers are am I on the, you know, just kind of hit and miss? What's going on here? Well, I don't think that, that Jesus has given us limited authority. I think, first of all, he has all authority and power on earth in heaven and on, on earth, and we know that, and so we're not God, so we don't always see things maybe as he does, but I was wondering, why don't we see the miracles? Jesus said, the things that I've done, and even greater, will you be able to do those things? Why is the, um, the church here in America not walking in those things? Have you ever thought about that? I have. I don't want to live there anymore. I want to see great and mighty things done through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people healed. I want to see people raised from the dead. I want to see people that are blind and able to see. Let's go to, to John 14, 12 again. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13. You can ask anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. I want to emphasize that. Verse 14. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth, right? 
Father, I pray that you would heal them. I pray, Father, that you would give sight to the blind. Father, I pray that you would heal the people in these communities. Father, I pray that the people that are lost in our communities would be saved. And I ask all this with expectation because I know that you can do it. So I'm asking in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, we sang about him today. He has all power and authority. We, we really need to get this. Where did I leave off here? Verse 14. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15, another key here. If, if you love me, obey my commands. And I think this is always the key, is obedience. And whenever you see that word if, it generally means there's a condition. If you love me, obey me. And we've talked about that in the, in the last series that we did. I think this is the key, to love him and obey him. Do you remember uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 20, what it says? When the children of Israel were getting ready to go into the promised land and Moses was pleading with them, please don't serve other gods, worship him. And he tells them in verse 20, the key to your life is love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. It's really not that difficult. Oh, well, it seems easy, all right? But to love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. So he says here, Jesus says that if you love me, obey my commands. Let's go to verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. That would be the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So he said, I leave that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. Okay? You know that. Uh, verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 17 continues. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. So those that don't have a relationship with the Lord are not going to recognize the Holy Spirit in their life. They're not going to be seeking him. Uh, they're going to be doing their own things. But we who are committed followers of Christ, we're going to be seeking the Lord and we're going to be asking him to lead us and guide us. And so we're going to recognize the Holy Spirit because it's a small, still voice speaking to our hearts. And some people refer to the Holy Spirit as something. Something told me not to go there. So we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's through this personal relationship with Christ that we experience the Holy Spirit living in us on a daily basis. Come on, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's vital for our life. It's vital for us to walk in victory as Jesus walked in victory. When we go through trials and tribulations, we need the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us and guide us. Okay, so he says, uh, the world cannot receive him, talking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate, uh, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. And he continues in verse 17, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And we've talked about the scripture before that he's talking to the disciples. He lives with you now. Why? Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit were one. So he lives with you now. Hello, I'm right here. The Holy Spirit's here, but later will be in you. When I leave, what? I will send the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's look at John 14, 13 again. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Anything? Wow. How about a Rolex watch? How about a Lamborghini? No, probably not. What is the purpose? Not for more stuff, but so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Now listen, if, if, if the Lord gives you a Rolex watch or a Lamborghini, I mean, take it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I would. So uh, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with those things. But where's our heart? Who has our heart? What are the desires of our heart? Are they for more stuff? Are they for him? You know, and if he wants to give, give us a Lamborghini or Mercedes Benz, I'll take one, Lord. <laughs> but, uh, but those things aren't, they shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be on him. So that the son can bring glory to the father. John 14, 14. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. And verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. The power to perform miracles comes from Jesus. And you know what? He, I think he's just looking for people that are teachable, humble, and obedient. 
and he will work through our lives. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, if the Lord says, go and pray for that person, I'm gonna go pray for them. And then it's up to, up to him to do what he wants to do. I may never know the results of that prayer. But you know what? It's not up to me to have to know the results. It's up to me to go and obey and do what he asked me to do. So the power to perform miracles comes from Jesus. Jesus says, ask anything in my name. That's why it's important that we know his will for us. That's a, you know, and that's why I'm encouraging you to take some time at the beginning of the year and, and ask the Lord what he wants you to accomplish this year, what he wants you to do. Fasting brings us into a personal, more intimate relationship with Christ. How can we bring glory to God if we don't know what he wants us to do? Have you ever thought you had a great idea and it turned out to be terrible? Have you ever had a great idea and the Holy Spirit's telling you, no, don't do that, and you say, I know better. This is a great idea. And you're like, uh, well, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I guess I should have listened to you. The Holy Spirit will guide us and lead us. And it's important that, uh, that we seek his direction and we know what he wants for us in our life. If you have an important decision, I, I encourage people, well, you know, I, I've got this job opportunity. Pray and fast. Seek the Lord. Because it may look really good. And I've shared with you guys before how uh, there was, I was looking for a job one time, and I saw this job, and it looked like the perfect job. And I, I got that resume, and I anointed that thing with oil, and I sent it off, and I prayed, and I claimed that job. And I got that job, and it was terrible. God said, okay, you want it? There it is. Oops, there it is. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out of there. And so that was a great learning lesson for me. So if a job came up, I would pray about it. I don't care how much money they're paying. So this new year is a great time to seek God's direction for you, for your family, for your business, your career, your, uh, your service and involvement at Life Fellowship. You know, pray about that. There's a lot of ministries that are, well, all the ministries are expanding, and there's ministries that are being birthed. And uh, so, you know, I, I encourage you to pray about your involvement here at Life Fellowship. And next week, I'll, I'll talk more about the power of fasting. But this morning, I want to conclude with how to fast. Some of you are familiar with fasting, and you, you have fasted. Some of you maybe are not so familiar with it. And uh, you know that we want to teach you the Word of God here. We want to teach you the principles and truths of God here that will help you. Um, many of you have come to Life Fellowship, and when you came, you didn't know about tithing. And you, over the course of your, your time being here, you've learned the, uh, the value of tithing and the principle and uh, that Jesus said tithe. And, and so many of you have started tithing, and you see the blessings of that. And it's life-changing. It, when we honor God with the first, of, the first 10% of our increase, he blesses the 90%. And you're never going to walk in those blessings if you don't begin to obey the basic foundational truths. And so many of you have begun to uh, tithe, step out in faith and tithe, and you've seen the hand of God and the blessings of God. Well, fasting is similar to that. It's, it's another thing that we can do that will change our life. And if, if you never do it, you, you will never experience it, not on that level. So uh, there are some denominations, I guess, like in the Catholic Church, where they participate in Lent, where, where they have, uh, uh, I, I think Lent represents like the 40 days of, of fasting that we just read about here in the scriptures. And so they take some time. And so what I'm asking of you for the, the next 20 days is similar. We're, we're not uh, participating in Lent. But, uh, but some of you come from a Catholic background, and, and maybe that would help you understand that... Uh, Fasting is really a time of self-examination and personal reflection and getting direction from the Lord. Uh, fasting is not a, a diet program or a way to lose weight. It's about a time. Now, the, concept, the results of that, you're probably going to lose some weight, uh, but, and that's okay, right? But the goal is not to lose weight. The goal is to sacrifice something and set aside some time to intentionally seek the Lord. And that's, that's what fasting is really all about. Uh, so to fast is generally to abstain from food and specifically seek the Lord. 
And there have been times when I've done different kinds of fasts. I've fasted throughout the week, maybe just a, a total fast with just water, or maybe I fast a meal a day or uh, um, fast a day a week or something like that. And we've talked about, in the past, we've talked about fasting things like TV or uh, video games or Facebook or chocolate or Cokes and fishing or golf or things like that. And uh, we've also talked about a Daniel fast where, uh, and, and I've done a Daniel fast before. Like we call it a fast, but it's not really a fast. It's just a, a, a menu choice, really. A Daniel fast or a Daniel menu was no sweets, no meat, no alcohol. So, uh, and then that can be a challenge too. I mean, I like, I like a good T-bone steak. I like cupcakes. Uh, I don't drink, so alcohol is not a problem. But, you know, I've done a 21-day Daniel fast. But that's really just a, a shift in our, uh, our menu because when you look at what Daniel was doing, he was choosing not to participate in the food choices of the Babylonians. And he said, I'm going to eat this other food. So it wasn't really a fast. It was just him choosing to eat healthier and so I've challenged us as a church uh, throughout the years to, to do some of these things. But let me be straight up. We, we need to grow more spiritually. We really do. And so what I'm asking you to do is to fast uh, and, and not eat any food and just drink water for whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's a meal a day. Maybe it's for a few days. Maybe it's for a week. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not here to tell you what that looks like. That's why you need to seek the Lord and ask him what you need to do. But there are a lot of challenges before us today. I mean, you see what's going on in the world around us. And as a church, we're growing. And we really, really need to hear from the Lord on things like, should we buy this land or not? Is now the right time? And you, you personally have things in your life that you probably need to seek the Lord about and things that are going on. Seek the Lord for your children. How can I help my son or my daughter to grow into the man or woman of God that you called them to be? How can I help guide them and lead them? How can I help shore them up in the areas where they have strengths and build them up in the areas where they're weaker or whatever? What is your purpose and plan for them? Do you ever stop and pray for your children or your grandchildren and ask the Lord what he has for them? Oh, my son's going to be a baseball player. I always wanted to play baseball, so he's, I'm going to live out my dream through him. What does the Lord want? So spiritually, we need to mature. And for 2016, I want to challenge you to a food fast. Now listen, you may say, well, medically I can't do that. Well, if that's the case, then okay. I still pray about it because, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord's going to tell you. But just be obedient to what the Lord says. But I think for most of us, we can fast food. We really could. It may be hard. And if you've never done it, it, it may be a challenge. And what I found is that really the first 24 hours is really the toughest. And that's primarily if you eat a lot of sugar or you drink a lot of caffeine, you go through the caffeine withdrawal, you may get a headache, but you can get over it, okay? You know, if you're that addicted to caffeine, well, maybe you should cut back on it or something. I don't know. But I asked Pastor Christine, I said, what's the Lord telling you? And I'm, I'm giving you this. Normally, I wouldn't tell people. I mean, the, the word says that if you're fasting, you know, don't act like it. Oh, what's wrong? I'm fasting. You know, just it's, it's not for everybody else. Oh, poor thing, you're fasting. It's not for everyone else to know. It's, it's between you and the Lord. There are times when I fast throughout the year and nobody knows just it's because it's between me and him. So when you fast, it's a personal thing. And I asked Christine, I said, well, what are you going to do? Okay, I was kind of being a little nosy. But uh, she said that she's going to fast for 21 days. And what she's going to do is she's going to fast one meal a day. I think lunch. I think she's going to fast lunch the first week. Um, and then, no, she's going to fast dinner the first week. And then lunch and dinner the second week, and then a complete fast the third week. So she's going to kind of ramp up to it. And you may want to do something like that. You may say, well, I want to fast one day a week, uh, one day the first week, and two days the second week, and three days the third week, or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But you may say, well, I have a very um, physical job, and I can't fast for two or three days. I mean, I just can't do that. Well, maybe you can fast lunch. And take that lunchtime and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intentionally get alone with the Lord, 
and spend time with him. That, see, that's, that's the, the goal here. It's not about how long you fast or any of that. It's about getting alone with God and spending time with him. So again, it's about you praying and asking the Lord what he wants you to do. I think the most I've fasted has been like 11 or 12 days, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And I've been able to do that while I was fasting, I mean, while I was working as well. I, granted, I didn't have a real physical laborious job where I was shoveling, you know, having to dig ditches or something like that. But, but still, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, you can do some things like if you're going to do a five-day fast, you can begin to fast on a Tuesday and come off your fast on a Sunday. Build up your strength for Monday. You're, you're going to get your strength back pretty fast. I mean, once you begin to eat, you'll, you'll get your strength back. But you can plan out when you want to fast so that most of it's on the weekend or when you're at the, your, uh, your, you know, kind of your physically weakest point. It's during the weekend. You're not having to, to be at work or, or whatever. Or if it's a three-day fast, start on Thursday morning and begin to eat again on Sunday. And when breaking your fast, you want to eat light. I know you're going to want to have like a T-bone or some enchiladas or something like that, <laughs> but but ease into it. And how I, just what I do, uh, I don't know why I do this, but when I come off a fast, I normally have some toast, maybe some butter on there and honey, and then maybe some water and or maybe some hot tea, and just kind of ease back into it, and, and maybe then some soup or something like that, and, and, uh, and, and wait for a day or two before I hit the T-bone steak or the the enchiladas. Um, let's, let's go back to John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus is talking to his disciples, but this is for us too, that we can walk in these things, that we can walk in these promises. So I've already mentioned that I think it's important that you set some goals for yourself. And... Uh, the, the, the plan that or the goal that we would spend time with the Lord really intentionally seeking him is that we would have greater intimacy with the Lord and that there would be greater power in our lives and that there would be greater influence. There's, you know, again, I, it's hard to, like you cannot really tell someone, explain to someone the uh, the benefits of tithing and uh, I mean you just you do it and you see God's hand moving in your life and it's like hard to explain because some people are so hung up on money they're like well the church just wants my money no God doesn't need your money you need to give so you can get this principle so you can receive the blessings of God it's the same thing with fasting you just can't explain and I know this is going to shock you probably but I think every time I come off a fast I, I weep uh, because I'm just like, God, oh, this is such an intimate time with you. I, I, I kind of hate to leave this place, but you will experience that. And it's, a, it's just a wonderful thing. So if you've never uh, uh, fasted, I, I really want to encourage you. So we want greater influence and power in our lives. We want greater influence corporately. Listen, we're a part of the body. If you smash your thumb with a hammer, does it impact the rest of your body? If you throw your back out, does it impact the rest of your body? We're connected together. When you're going through things, it impacts us. When we are built up with the power of God and we're walking in that corporately, because individually we're walking in that, do you think it's going to have a corporate impact? I think it will. So uh, we want to see more people healed and getting set free. We sang about it today, man. Jesus came to heal us and set us free. We want to see our communities transformed. We live in a highly, highly unchurched area. I've talked about that. There are a lot of people that don't have any connection to God. We have a great opportunity right here. Not only here, but God is opening up huge doors for us internationally. Come on, we need to get serious about this thing. God is opening up doors. Let's be ready to walk through those doors, not just to walk through them, but walk through with great power and the Holy Spirit leading us that our connection with him is so strong. Have you, I mean, I, I think about people like, uh, like Pastor Don who just flows 
in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is powerful in the Lord. But that doesn't just come from eating some post-toasties. It comes from seeking God and spending time with him and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to work in our life. There's something that happens in us. There's a power that's flowing through our lives when we're connected with him. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. He was connected with him. We want, we want to see revival in this nation. Man, I could camp out there for a while. We want to see direction for life fellowship and, and the purchase of land in a building. So we've talked about, you know, this, this thing or the results of, of fasting. And God provides supernaturally when we obey. And, and when we're doing it for the right heart and the right motive. And so I don't want you to be fasting to lose weight. I want you to be fasting to seek God. Um, I want to share this, this number with you. This year that I know of, there have been 35 people that have raised their hand in response to the altar calls, giving their life to the Lord or recommitting to the Lord. That's 35 people that I know. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Those are at least 35 lives that have been changed and are being changed. And it could be a lot more than that. I don't know. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we are a, a church where the power and the presence and the love of God is so tangible and so present that lives are impacted and touched and changed. And I've shared this statistic with you numerous times that in the American church, most church growth, 95 to 97% of church growth is from people just moving from one church to another. So that means 3 to 5% of church growth in America is converted growth, people getting saved. 3 to 5% of church growth is from people getting saved. That is terrible. If that's what we're supposed to be doing, impacting the world, that's terrible. What if you got a 3 on your test? Hey, Mom, look, I got a 3. But at Life Fellowship, we're seeing about 30% converted growth. That's amazing. God is doing something special. God is doing something amazing in our lives. Lives are being touched and changed. And I believe that God wants to impact the communities around us because the presence of God, the love of God is so filling us and so filling the people around us that it will change the world. We, when, when Pastor Mohan was here, I didn't, uh, maybe I'll talk to him about this sometime, but he said that he had, he indicated that he had witnessed many of the miracles that Jesus did. I think he said all, I think he said all, but I, I, I won't quote, quote him on that. But I know that he said that he saw many of the miracles that Jesus did. He had seen them. That's the kind of power that I want to see resident in this house, in our lives, that that Jesus may say, go and raise that person from the dead. It's happening, guys. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not happening because there are reports of it happening all, all over the world. And I've, I've talked to other uh, pastors and leaders that are in other countries. I'm like, you know, these amazing things happen in these other countries. Why aren't we seeing this here? But I, th I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one they know the spiritual. They may not know the Holy Spirit, but they know the unholy spirit. But I think also that a lot of these people are, are praying and fasting, and they're really serious about seeking God. There are churches where, uh, I think Bethel Church in Redding, California, where God is doing amazing things. You know what? They get together a couple of hours and pray and then have service or then have their small groups. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to pray? How many of you have ever even prayed for a couple hours? You know, I mean, come on. And they're getting together and they're having these prayer meetings before their services. And God is doing amazing things because the people are hungry and they're serious about seeking God. That's what I want us to be, hungry for God. As Sherrod says, hungry, I'm hungry. I want to be hungry for God. Come on, man. We need to be seeking him. We need to be serious about this.
Fasting and prayer and praise are important aspects. They are important aspects of living in God's power. The other thing that I want to challenge you with this year is I want you here every Sunday. Be here every Sunday. And I want you to come. We're not having Bible study this Wednesday, okay? But, but be here for the midweek Bible study because you're going to grow. And uh, if, if you're out of town, listen, we're live streaming. We have video archives. You can go back and watch it. I know it's not the same watching it on a, on a screen as being here, but I want you to stay connected. And I'm not saying never take a vacation or take a weekend off, but stay connected. But make a determination to be here when you can. And I guarantee you, you will grow spiritually. Um, we purchased a number of these daily devotionals. These are from Gateway Church. And uh, you know that we, we really like Gateway. And what I, what I would like for you to do is I would like for every adult and every teen that's here to take one of these. And on January 1st, it's a 31-day devotional. January 1st, read the first day. And then there's a, a little place of prayer, and there's, there's a place where you can journal uh, each day. And if you're not journaling, I would encourage you to get, get a journal, get something that you can uh, uh, journal in. As Maybe the Lord will wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning like he does me, and, and so I get my journal, and I go sit down with a pen, and I wait to hear from him, and I jot down what he tells me. And, uh, but when you get these, uh, there's a, also we, we're continuing in our Life Fellowship Bible reading program, and it's going to be on page 71, I think it is, 70. And it's stuck in, in all of these devotionals. And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like you to actually read page 70, uh, 71, and half of 72 before you begin reading the devotional. Because it just kind of gives you some tips on what you can do on spending time alone with God. And then on the first, you can begin to do that. And actually on page 73, I guess, or 72, whatever page this is, uh, 72, Pastor Robert talks about how that the Lord called him to start Gateway Church. And I've shared with you guys uh, numerous times about the Lord calling us that, that I was at a service, that I was at a meeting, uh, a church service, and the Lord began to speak to me. And that's where God planted in me the seed to start Life Fellowship Ministries International. That's where it began, by hearing the Lord. And what the Lord told me is he said, so many people are looking for the truth and, and deeper spiritual truths. And then he gave me the words Life Fellowship. And then he told me, Jesus came to give life. And my question was, God, why do you need another church? There are probably 50 churches in a five-mile radius. Why do you need another church? But that's where the conversation began. And then I went back and continued to seek the Lord, and he began to reveal things to me. And, and it's because he has a purpose and plan for us. He's called us not only to reach these communities, but to reach the world. And why did he choose me? I don't know. I don't care. He just chose me, and I said, all right, we'll do it. I need to know that I know that I know that you called me to do this, but if I know that, we will do it. And one morning in my quiet time, he said, I've called you to do it, now do it. And I'm like, all right, we're doing it. So that's how it started for us. And see, God wants to speak to you. He may have a business idea for you, or he may have something. I know he has something for you, but if we don't spend time alone with him, how are we going to know his heart? How are we going to glorify the son that we just talked about if we don't know how, if we don't know what he wants us to do. So I want you to, I want every adult and every uh, student to take one of these. And uh, this is a 31-day devotional. We're going to do a 21-day fast. If you want to fast throughout the month, whatever you, whatever you feel like God is, is asking of you. But I really want you to be serious about this fast. And if you can, and I think most of us can, I want you to fast at least a day, maybe two or fast a meal every day, or whatever that looks like. But I, I want you to pray and ask the Lord, and uh, I want this to be um, something that you're really serious about. Because there's something that happens whenever we deny our flesh, whenever we put down food, it just, it, 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 it's like it, I don't know how to describe it. And, and I can tell you that your flesh will want to fight you, I remember one day I had, we had been fasting for a number of days and, and uh, we didn't have any food in the house because we had planned for this fast and we didn't want all the food to go rot and rotten, right? So I was going to the store to get some food. 
Man, I walked into HEB and I could smell the oranges. I could smell the fruit. I could smell the vegetables. There's something that happens to our senses. Our senses are heightened, not only spiritually, but physically. And I walked around the corner and there were some cupcakes and my, my hands started to grab for the cupcakes and just rip them open and start eating them. I said, flesh, you shut up or you'll go another day without eating. So, you know, your flesh is going to want to eat, okay? But spiritually, what happens is we're built up. We're built up. Our, our uh, spiritual senses are heightened and our physical senses. So I want you to take one of these uh, when you leave this morning. Um, and if you do these things, I can guarantee you there will be growth and transformation in your life. And that's what we're all about at Life Fellowship, is that we grow in our relationship with him. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. So uh, we're going to, the worship team's going to come back up, and, and we're going to worship. And, and now would be a great time for you to say, God, what, what do you want me to do during this next month, over this next 21 days, and, and even 31 days over this month? What do you have for me? And uh, let's just ask the Lord what else he wants to say to us this morning. fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. It's all about him. And one thing I, I failed to mention about this devotional, in the back also there's a CD, uh, worship CD, and uh, you know, use the CD or your favorite worship CD, whatever. And there's also some memory verses here that you can tear out and you can place these on your dashboard or on your mirror or whatever. And uh, um, for those of you, I didn't talk a lot about our Bible reading program, but we've been going reading the entire uh, Bible and, and right now we're going through the, the Old Testament. So just jump in at, uh, we're reading Monday through Friday, you know, just during the week. So I think uh, this begins on uh, Monday, February 4th, once we finish the 30 days, so, or the 31 days of going through this devotional. So uh, I just want to say thank you. You guys are wonderful. And uh, if you take one of these, and I, I hope you do, please join us and be committed to this daily devotional and seeking the Lord about what he wants you to do regarding fasting. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you that Jesus can be the center of our life if we choose to make him a priority. And so, Lord, it's my prayer that all of us would make Jesus the priority in our life and uh, that we would be committed to this fast and to this time of, of seeking you and spending time daily in your word or in your presence by doing these devotionals. And God, that it wouldn't just end at, at day 31, but it would continue. And Father, I, I just pray that you would continue to pour out your abundant love and blessings over us, that you would give us wisdom and insight, counsel, and your leading for 2016. I, I just really sense that as 2015 has been a pivotal year for us to get some things in place that we're about to take off in 2016. And Lord, we need you. We need your help. We need your guidance and leading. We need 
more people. We need you to bring more people to, to help us with what you've called us to do, Lord God. And, and I'm so thankful for the ones that you've sent. God, you've sent some amazing people here to help us. And uh, uh, God, we just give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. And we're excited about what you're doing in our lives. We're excited about what you're doing in our communities. We're excited about what you're doing at Life Fellowship. We're excited about the doors that you're opening up for us globally. And Father, I thank you so much for these that are faithful in attending and serving and giving. Lord, what an amazing church. And I'm, I'm so touched that, that you're doing something really special here at Life Fellowship and that, that we get to be a part of it. And uh, Father, we just pray for a continuance and uh, even an expansion of these things that you're doing. And so, Father, as we go out this week, let us be intent on seeking you and your direction and your will for our lives and challenge us to go out and live it every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Pick up a devotional and go live it. Thank you for joining us. Nothing else matters.